1: I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener here to help you be more successful doing whatever you do in your garden. Not that I'm doing anything in my garden right now other than turning off the water to make sure it doesn't freeze. But if you happen to be doing something in your garden and you need a little advice on how to do it better, how to do it the lazy way, I'm an expert in the lazy way. I'll be happy to share my advice with you in that regard. But if you have any question about gardening, about bug control, about 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 houseplants, about that poinsettia you got. Do you know how to keep a poinsettia alive? Do you know what to do with paper white narcissus? Do you know what to do with that big, 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 big amaryllis that's blooming right now? If you have a question about any garden thing that you might bring to mind, 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750. Those magic numbers will get you in to talk to Ashley for just a minute. She'll try to straighten out your your thoughts and get you thinking in the you know, singular way so that you have one or two sentences to describe your your problem and then we will talk about it on the air 4048720750 you know what we should do let's do let's do twitter again sure if you have a twitter account if you're at home and you have a twitter account or if you have one on your phone as well you can send questions to me by the hashtag ask walter on twitter just put ask hashtag ask Walter, and say, I have blah, 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 I need to advice, blah, 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 and Ashley then will read that question out on the air, and we'll answer your question for you. Got it. Good deal. So as I said, not much has been done in the Reeves household as far as gardening goes this week, but one of the things I have done is to marvel at the size of the amaryllis that I got from... White Flower flower Farms. Some of you know that White Flower Farm is a big online garden bulb and plant uh, purveyor. And so they sent me, just out of the clear blue sky, sent me an amaryllis. They said, we have three different kinds of amaryllis we're really, really proud of. I want you to see one of the three. Choose one. And so I chose the one that had the solid red flowers. It was like an amaryllis on steroids. Maybe well, it was steroids. I don't know what was in the fertilizer, but they put the amaryllis in a pot and I watered it for a while. The stalk, the last I looked, was two feet tall. The flowers on top were massive. They were as big as a volleyball. They were so big. Two stalks coming up, both of them covered in flowers. It was unbelievable. So if you go to the White Flower Farm's website, I'm sure they'll have amaryllis there, probably marked down right now because amaryllis is sort of out of season after the. Christmas holidays, people no longer think of amaryllis too much. Now, what I'm going to do with it is I'm not sure this is winter-hardy, so what I plan to do is to transplant it out of the relatively small pot that it's in and put it in a larger pot. Right now, it's in about an 8-inch, I'm guessing, so I'm going to move up to a 12- to 14-inch pot. And I'll plant it in there. got to show the neck just a little bit. That's important for an amaryllis for the neck of the bowl to be just a bit above the ground. And I'll put it outside, fertilize it, put it in a place in my back patio that I can keep an eye on and remember to water it during the summertime. And I'll water it and fertilize it once in a while during the summertime. And when September rolls around next year, or this year, I guess it is, 2018, when September rolls around this year, around September 1st, I'll cut off the stalk, cut off the leaves, cut off everything that's green and above ground and put it on its side to make sure it doesn't even get any rainwater in it. I don't want it to think that anything nice is happening. I want it to think that winter is coming. September is a good time to do it, because then it has September, October, and up to the middle of November. That gives it about 10 weeks that it has in a dormant state. You you initiate dormancy by cutting off the stem and the the leaves back September 1st. And then around the middle of November, I'll put it upright, I'll put a little dilute fertilizer to it, put it in a warm place, probably by that time it'll be indoors and uh, see what happens. And my bet is it will come back again. It'll have more flowers, and it'll be just another great-looking poinsettia for next year's holidays. Wow, it was great this year, though. Man, it was beautiful. Again, all you have to do, take it outside. It's very, very difficult to get a poinsettia to rebloom when you keep it inside. Outside, it can take full sun as long as you water it regularly during the week. And uh, as long as you get full sun, a little bit of fertilizer, then... Boom 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 away we go. Great big thing. If you will, note in your calendar to call Walter on September first of next year, of this year, and say, Walter, have you remembered to cut the stem and leaves off of your amaryllis? If somebody else besides me. I can't remember these things so well. 404 8720750 is the number. Let's go to our friend, our fern, our friend <laughs> down in Griffin, Georgia, our friend Nicole. Good morning, Nicole. Mr. Miss right. Nicole, Did you get any holiday plants this year, Nicole?
2: looking forward for a Christmas cactus, but it's not a very big variety. I want to see one. Uh,
1: on the south side. You used to come to Pike. Pike had a huge variety of colors and flowers and things like that.
2: It did. Yeah, mm-hmm. you
1: should have come up here, not be on the south side of Griffin.
2: Missouri? Yeah. What? Uh, one year I had a Christmas cactus. It was so big and it was blooming. And my neighbor gave it to me. Then I took the cactus outside, and when I came back, all the flowers fell off. <laughs>
1: That no, happened. To, sort, of, sort of happened to me too. I had one that I kept outside, and even though I thought I brought it in at the cool at the right time when it wasn't too cool at night, it, some of the buds looked a little peaked and fell off. But the other ones that were still on it bloomed like crazy. I had this waterfall of flowers off that Christmas cactus this year.
2: Yes, i What other the colors did they have?
1: It was this one that I got was solid red, and I got it simply because. I'm a guy, and I wanted a big <laughs> So this was a one. This is one of those that was just, like I said, the flowers were the size of a, of a soccer ball, of a volleyball. They were huge uh, on the top of it. So mine was solid red, but I'm sure there were others that were variegated flowers. As a matter of fact, Ashley Frasca, didn't you get, oh, she'll go in just a minute, and get off that line and talk to me for a minute. What was that? I said, Ashley Frasca, did you not get an amaryllis from me that bloomed that was not red?
0: Um, it's a very pale red, mostly yeah. white, but it's beautiful.
1: Mostly white?
0: Yeah, and the red that's on it is a faded, almost a
1: pink. Right. Well, Nicole was wondering if there are other colors other than red, and in, inquired what emeralds in uh, I had gotten.
0: Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. last year, you gave me one that was perfectly red and white, almost yeah. like a candy cane stripe. Ha!
1: How about that? So I know,
0: it's beautiful. Yeah. And all four flowers are open. Yeah.
1: So there you go, Nicole. Yes, many different colors, and that's the one that I had with solid red. I actually got the the white and pink, and their other colors, too.
2: Uh, Mr. Reef, whatever did not uh, get water, yeah. did not survive,
1: isn't it? It's, yeah, if things didn't get water, then they're not really happy right now. Outdoors, you mean? yeah oh man they're just solid just a little large you see some of the plants some of the plants that i thought would hold on just a little bit longer i have a tropical hibiscus outside and it was in sort of a sheltered place and i thought oh you're going to go through the cold just fine aren't you and i went out there after the cold came this past week and oh it was so terrible it was all brown i didn't have a place for it to bring it inside and i was just wondering if it would take any of the cold well, and it didn't take it well at all.
2: ask you, uh, uh, people, when they call to do whatever they see outside, uh, I saw a big Mickey Mouse uh, cactus. Uh Oh, boy. This poor guy is not going to survive. And I saw two sago palms that were in the plot, that were in yeah. front of the house. Yeah. And I said, "Why people didn't bring inside? They're not that big, you know." But yeah. boy, the next day they were brown toasted. Sure, a lot of stuff did not because it's dry. We didn't get no rain for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Even our grass going to have a heck of a time.
1: The sago palms. It's funny to me, Nicole, that sago palm has had such a resurgence in interest in in landscapes, and I'm sort of have an idea of why this is, because I have a big box store near my house is selling Sago Palms every spring and summer, and I just want to put a little warning sign on each one of them, saying, you got to protect this dude in the wintertime, or it will not survive cold weather. And I think that the big box stores sell a bunch of them, and maybe, I don't know what they tell people, but they're not hardy in the wintertime, unless you wrap them up, maybe put a little light underneath them, because they just can't stand the cold that we that we have in winter.
2: I had a aloe uh, plant that uh, took off on the need one tree, and it had a big root, and I was just surprised, because I had so much, there's so much water in the aloe plant. Yeah. It did not survive but oh boy it not a good fight. I mean, three, <laughs> it's because it lasts too long. It's it like, made
1: a good fight. Yeah, sometimes, really? like, like my little hibiscus, it gave a good fight before the cold weather came and froze it, and your aloe plant can survive a lot of times for a while without getting water, but no water and cold weather, and call the graveyard, call the compost pile because that will not be alive. No. Well, it's like
2: not. us too. The more we drink water, the more we have energy. Yeah. You know, If we dry, we're going to be cold.
1: As a matter of fact, I have a little cup of water here at the studio. That I'm going to drink right there. Mmm, that tastes good. That's great water. That's WSB water, right
2: there. After i have a time drinking, the other I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's not even Well, funny. it's good.
1: I mean, that is a good thing, because you need to keep your kidneys working. That is one of the things that people like myself, older people like myself, need to be sure that our kidneys are functioning properly, and every time I go to the doctor, he'd take some blood tests. He says, okay, your kidneys are functioning properly, which makes me very, very proud of myself. I said, yeah, functioning properly means I have to get up in the middle of the night and go, well, you we know, don't go into what I do it in the middle of the night, but nonetheless, I do have well-functioning kidneys glad to know that. You're
2: not calling yourself old, are you?
1: uh, There are times in the middle of the night when I say, this is what my dad used to do. I remember my dad pacing down the hall. Boom, 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 boom. I could hear him from my bedroom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and he was old. <laughs> oh, man. we got to get out of here, though, Nicole. I hope your roots stay wet if they need to be wet and dry if they need to be dry. And you stay inside and out of the cold. We'll see you next Saturday. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day as well. <laughs> At 618, we'll be back after this.
0: Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left. Angling. 25-20. Got a block for front. 50-10-5. Touchdown. 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 Don't win it. We're headed to Atlanta.
1: And a quick weather update. The home of the dogs, of course, UGA, is going to play the University of Alabama on Monday. Eight o'clock will be the game time, but we will have it covered all afternoon on News Talk WSB. There's a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today it's going to be cold the rest of the day, pretty much uh, up into the 40s. We think this afternoon, tonight, overnight, cold again. Going to be down into the mid 20s. Tomorrow sunny, but again cold you got that overnight again. Uh, I think it was 22 or 23 is going to be overnight Sunday morning. Your full weekend forecast goes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Coming up in the next half hour, we'll have uh, J.D. in joint college Park with weeds that has his fescue. Robert has tulips for Christmas. What does he do with them now? Ricky and Villa has squirrels getting into his ivy digging it all up. And Robert in Athens, Georgia joins us on Lawn and Garden with a question about Hello. his fertilizer. Hey, Robert, good morning. Good morning. What can it do uh, for you, Fred? I'm, no, I'm the one with the weed problem. Talk to me for uh, Robert. Robert. Um, what it is, I've got a
0: kind of a combination. I live out in the country, but uh, i got mainly uh, uh, a I can not ever say a commuter yeah. And <laughs> fescue and a little bit of
1: St. Augustine on the back. Wow. But I have a lot of broadleaf uh, broad weeds. Got it. And my question is, I see all this weed and feed, and,
0: you know, then the... the different poisons, yeah. spraying and this that and other and i'm just wondering what is the best time and what may be the best thing to maybe get started on it or do i yeah. need to wait to spring when they get started get going so or what
1: again you have fescue bermuda and a little bit of st augustine is that right
0: yes sir. yes and now uh, the weeds are mainly in the uh bermuda and uh st augustine
1: all right Whew, i mean i've always uh, going to be right, tough fescue. Robert. Because having that many different kinds of grasses, each one requires fertilizing at a different time. Here's what I want to tell you first thing. Do not use a weed and feed product. And the reason okay. for that is because the weeding and the feeding need to be separate separate things done at separate times for each one of those grasses. Yes. So if it were fescue right now, fescue needs to be fertilized right now. So you, I guess you might get away with the weed and feed right now on the fescue. But Uh as far as Bermuda grass, you shouldn't put any fertilizer on Bermuda right now because Bermuda is dormant. It's brown. You know that. You saw it out there just yesterday. Yes. So... What I think you should do, the area that is mostly fescue, yes, fertilize. No weed and feed right now. But let's go ahead and fertilize it and let it help itself. It will control some weeds just by being real dense. And you get that by fertilizing in the wintertime. So okay. one time now in January, another time in sometime around the first, the middle of March would be fine with me. So two fertilizations so far on fescue. On Bermuda grass. Uh-huh. I think, again, I would wait then until the Bermuda is just starting to green up. Well, before the Bermuda starts greening up, so this is going to be in March, around the last time you fertilize fescue, I want you uh-huh. to put a weed killer. Just get a spray, one of the liquid weed killers, and spray the weeds in the fe- in the Bermuda grass. That's around okay. the 1st of March as well. On St. Augustine, frankly, I'd leave it alone, because St. Uh-huh. Augustine is so sensitive to weed killers that I'm scared you'll kill it all. So right. leave St. Augustine alone until midsummer, and give it a couple of feedings here in the middle of the summer to get it good and growing fast. And let the St. Augustine um, do some of this weed control all by itself. Right. If you make it thick, they control weeds. If you fertilize right. correctly, grasses control weeds reasonably well. You sometimes have to help them along a little bit. But I think that fertilizing the fescue right now is your first job. And if it's uh, okay. a warm mm-hmm. day this weekend, go get some turf fertilizer. Go to the garden store and say like turf fertilizer, lawn fertilizer, don't say anything about weeds on it, but if it only it says turf fertilizer and lawn fertilizer, then use it at the rate it says on the bag. And the fescue will green up and look pretty, and hopefully there will be less weeds for you to deal with next spring. Thanks for calling there, Robert. we got to get out of here at 628 at News Talk WSB. More lawn and garden right after news. 635, 23 degrees outside, and an additional way to contact me this morning. If you have a Twitter account, ask a question and include the hashtag AskWalter. Hashtag AskWalter. If you have a Twitter account, you know how to do that. And actually, we'll go through Twitter this morning and see if anybody has posted a question, and we'll read it out and answer it over the air. Robert in McDonough, Georgia, joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Robert, good morning.
0: Good morning. How are you?
1: What's
0: up? i Received some tulips for Christmas, cool. and uh, they're. And I'm not a gardener, so I don't know what to do with them. I'm, I know that <laughs> they're full bloom. I can see the the vase that it came in has a water line, so I know yeah. when to, uh, you know, keep them watered. Yeah. But I know at some point I'm probably going to have to. I want to replant them outside, so I'm wondering what I need to do.
1: So have they bloomed yet? They're in the pot and they're blooming right now.
0: Yeah, they're fully bloomed. Oh, cool, nice. Yeah, they're beautiful.
1: Well. To be truthful, Robert, the answer is when they finish blooming and they look sort of ugly and scraggly, you throw them on the compost pile, because they will really? not rebloom. It's sad. It really is. I'll tell you why they won't rebloom. It is two reasons really. One is because um, the process of forcing them, and that when, forcing is when you make a bulb bloom at a time when it wouldn't normally bloom. Tulips normally bloom sometime in April and May, but this one has been forced, meaning it was given conditions back in the nursery in the greenhouse that made it think that wintertime had come and gone and it was springtime already here in Robert's house, and that's how they got it to, to bloom in the pot there. So it was forced to bloom, and most forced tulips have no energy left to do anything at all when you put them in the ground outside when it's warm, and so they just peter around and turn yellow and fall down. That's the end of the story. They don't do anything. Um, the second thing is that the weather in Georgia is really inhospitable to tulips in the first place. So let's say somebody got some tulip bulbs for Christmas. If they got a bulb from the nursery and they wanted to go plant it, it would bloom this year just fine. And it could be March, but mostly April and May. And it would bloom, and they would be happy, and then might, might think, "Well, I'll just leave it where it is, and it'll bloom next year." But what happens in Georgia in the in the spring and summer is we have warm, humid conditions, and the warm, humid conditions make tulip bulbs split apart into several little tiny bulbs. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and you'll notice the next year they have a lot of leaves coming out of that place where the bulb bloomed the previous year. A lot of leaves, but really never any flowers coming out because again, conditions too hot the little bulbs have not enough energy to put blooms on, and so you end up with a whole lot of leaves and rarely get satisfaction. So, Robert, what do you do with the tulips you have? You enjoy them, you brag on them, you tell everybody how beautiful they are, and when they're no longer beautiful, you put them on the compost pile.
0: All right, well, I appreciate it. It's unfortunate i thought I'd to be able to replant them.
1: but <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> if you want to see some, some tulips, I mean, you could, if you wanted to, Robert, force them yourself. It's not hard. It really is not hard. If you go to a garden center in uh, um, September, October next year, they'll have tulips on sale for sure. And you get those tulip bulbs, put them in a pot like you see the one you have there, and uh, bring it indoors and just keep it warm and water it. And it will, thinking that it's springtime, it'll just put little leaves up, and then it'll put up a bloom stalk, and it'll be blooming by Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then you've forced and basically forced a tulip to bloom out of season. You could do it yourself. And you say you're not a gardener, Robert. I think Robert went away somewhere. But, Robert, even though you didn't think you had a chance to do it, you could do it yourself again next year. That would be a lot of fun to see. Ricky, Villarica, Georgia. Hey, Ricky, good morning.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, I have some ivy on my retaining wall. Yeah. And the uh, squirrel's pretty much digging it year-round. I've not looked since it's turned so bitter cold, but um, I, I kill kudzu, so I'm afraid to
1: go into fertilizer and things like that. It's all go, those sorry squirrels. <laughs> they do things sometimes that I think, Ricky, I think, man, why do squirrels do... They. I saw my gas can the other day. The squirrel had chewed the nozzle off of my gas can. Why would a squirrel chew the nozzle off of my gas can? I don't know. I've got a chain-link fence up by the faucet I was turning off to uh, winterize it yesterday, and I saw that the squirrels had chewed on the aluminum uh, wire that holds the chain-link fence up. How? Why? What's going on with the squirrel doing stuff like that? So, oh, yeah. is your ivy just not thick enough to withstand all the digging, Ricky, or what do you think? It's pretty
0: thin. It's sporadic across the retaining wall. Yeah. But... Um, my father-in-law planted it, and I, I don't know really anything about plants. So I'm afraid yeah. to kill it.
1: Yeah. You know what? Sad to say, there's not a repellent that I can say that works very well for squirrels. In other words, spraying mothballs, cedar shavings, all those things that people talk about being repellents for, for squirrels. They don't really work. They just are things that people pass along and say they work, but they don't really work. Yeah. If you wanted to, you could try this. And that is to fertilize with a product called Milorganite. All right? Okay. So write that down M I L O R G A N I T E Milorganite. Costs All right. about 15 bucks. Get it from big box stores or nurseries, either one. And the All reason right. I say Milorganite for you, Ricky, is because Milorganite is made from the sewage sludge from Milwaukee. And it has a certain smell to it, not one that will drive you crazy. It's not that bad. But it seems to repel deer, rabbits, and maybe squirrels. Okay, so that's what I'm thinking. Maybe the milorganite will be uh, effective against squirrels, but it will also have the second advantage of it will fertilize the ivy. So the Uh ivy grows a little faster and has a little more chance to fight against the squirrels digging on them. All right, fantastic. Thank you. Milorganite. And, Ricky, because you're my friend, I'll tell you what Mill Milorganite stands for Milwaukee Organic Nitrogen. That's where you get yeah. the organic nitrogen from the city of Milwaukee. It smells like, as people have told me, it smells like bratwurst and beer. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> use it like it says on the label, and we'll see if those squirrels are deterred at all, Ricky. Thanks for calling. Thank you. You'll see, you, man. 404 Two callers in a row there who did not know much at all about gardening. And, friends, if you don't know much about gardening, is you're welcome to call. Four oh four eight seven two zero seven fifty. We don't make fun of anybody here. If you're a beginner gardener, call me. If you're a kid, nah kids won't be up this hour, but if you're an adult that doesn't know anything about gardening, give me a call. J D, College Park. Hey J D, good morning.
0: Good morning, Walter. And thank you, sir, for taking my call. How you doing? Good
1: I'm morning. doing fine, J D. What's up with you? Happy New Year's,
0: here, Happy sir. New yes, Year's. Indeed. Thank you, sir. I do have a best you, Lon. And this is the darndest thing, Walter. I have so many weeds and are yeah. out there. I've been told you can't do anything about weeds until the temperature gets over, what, 60 degrees? Yeah, 55 so or 60. What do I have to yeah. do, just wait and let them just, just suck
1: <sighs> You know, if you want to, J.D., I know people say don't put it out until it's warm in the afternoon, but right. the weed killers work a little bit. They work slowly. They work very, very, very slowly when the temperatures are below 45 degrees, which they are right Mm -hmm. now. But if you wanted to, you could spray some weed killer on the fescue and it'll get slow control of some of those weeds that are coming up right now. Or you could wait. You could just fertilize the fescue, as I advised a caller a minute ago. You could fertilize the fescue now a couple more times and attack the weeds when things have warmed up in April. Your choice. Mm I see
0: what you're saying. I got you. Okay, well, at least... Now I know something. I didn't know what
1: to do. It. <laughs> Some days that's the way I am, J.D. At least I know something now. Yeah. There
0: you go. Uh, well, listen, thank you so kindly. I appreciate
1: you, sir. J.D., tell everybody I said, hey, in College Park. Tell them to... You do it. Yes, sir. Happy New Year. Be good. Right. We'll see you soon. We got Evelyn on the line. Evelyn's in Doraville, Georgia. Evelyn, hey, good morning.
0: Good morning. Good morning.
1: How can I, I help?
0: I have... Two very strange weeds in my backyard. It's a shady backyard. They don't really grow grass there. And one of them might actually make a good ground cover. But the other, it looks like a wiry grass. It grows in little clumps uh, and it produces prickers,
1: Ah. uh,
0: uh, seeds that uh, sting you if you step on them or get them stuck in your hand.
1: And Uh, is it green now or brown now? they actually still pretty green. Huh. Okay. So my bet is sandspur.
0: Sandspur? Okay.
1: Yeah. Not, I was one- Not Not weed. There's another burr uh-huh. kind of plant around, but the burr weed has a broad leaf on it and sandspur is a grassy type weed.
0: Yeah, it looks it looks like a sedge.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the how it got to your yard, I don't know Evan. I'm trying to think in my head what theory I can make. It's possible somebody years ago went to the beach and somehow got a plant from the beach that they were transplanting to your yard and a little bit of Sandspur came with it. And yeah. that's how Sandspur came to you. I don't know.
0: It's, it's funny because it's almost like something we called sandburrs up in Michigan mm-hmm. when I was a little kid. Yeah. But uh, uh, what's the scientific name?
1: Sarenchus... Uh, I don't know. I've got it on my website, though. I, know I looked okay. it up one day and put it on my website, which is why I have a website to remember, to remind right, okay. me of things I forgot. I'll look
0: it up. But the common name is Sand
1: San Spur.
0: Sand Spur. Yeah. Okay. The, the other one I know is definitely a mint. But it doesn't grow very tall. It grows uh, maybe no more than two or three inches. Okay. Spreads along the ground. Has square stems, leaves like they're supposed to be on a mint. Got it. And a little a little tiny mint-like, purpley-blue flowers that are hard to tell the color of.
1: Do 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 do. What would that be? Lambium sometimes have um, little blue flowers on them. Lamium is a possibility. What else is a creeping Charlie? Uh, has a round stem.
0: It's not you know it not it's it's not creepy it's not it's not ale ale hoof. Um hmm. it's a, I'm trying to remember they're, they're, I was wondering if it might possibly be uh self heal.
1: could be. I don't see self heal in the lawns enough to really identify it though, for you.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's just that it is a mint, it's very prostrate, and it's low, and it doesn't seem to have very much of a smell when you crush it.
1: Evelyn, I want you to explain to our listeners here how you knew it was in the mint family. You sort of glided over what you were testing to see if it was a mint. Tell them how you knew it was a mint family member.
0: Yeah, the, the stems are square.
1: That's exactly right. And this the leaves
0: are uh, cut. They have wavy edges. I'm trying to remember which is opposite and alternate, but whatever it is, they fit the description of the leaves. They're spaced the way leaves are supposed yeah. to be on mint.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the what the mint what the mint-like plant is, but the square stems is a dead giveaway that it's in the mint family, which means that you probably could go on Google and do a little image search for mint family members, blue flowers or something like that, and find yeah. something that looks like it. But I don't know offhand what it is, Evelyn. But the other, well, the sand spur, people okay. in South Georgia have it by the, by the hundredweight down there, and they all don't like it much at all, as Any you should do. Any
0: suggestions to kill it?
1: And if you have an option to kill it, kill it. That's exactly right.
0: Well, how how? Oh, tough? oh, dig
1: it up. Just dig it up if you see the plant. It should not be. I wouldn't think it'd be just rampant all over the lawn. So you should see a little clumps. It
0: is not. Oh, is it ever?
1: If it's if it's image would probably work. Image is a sedge killing plant and image okay. for nut. It's say image for nut grass. But look on the label of it. It says kills spurweed and burweed for that matter. So okay. look at image as your control.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Ellen, it's, great.
1: it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. We'll see you soon. It's 648 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden after this.
0: Direct snap to Nick. He runs to the right. Tries to cut
1: up field. Touchdown! 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 Jump! Don't forget your home of the dogs. We'll have the University of Georgia Bulldogs versus the University of Alabama Monday. We will be right here to cover every play of every snap, and it will be there. I'm going to be listening. I turn the, Of course, a lot of people do this. You watch on TV, you turn the sound down on TV, and listen to it on the radio, because our coverage is better, Eric Zier, than the rest of the crowd. Do a great job with it. Here's a little weather update from Ackerman Security. High today, 38, low 20 degrees overnight. Sunny, pretty dang cold this evening. Tomorrow, warmer. High 41, low 31. But maybe, maybe, maybe there might be sleet on Sunday night before Monday morning comes along. We'll have your full weekend forecast in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Clay is out in Auburn, Georgia, has a question about burning leaves. Clay, what do you want to do?
0: Well, I've got a leaf pile, and after I've burned all the leaves, I want to know what to do to amend the soil to grow grass back over it.
1: Mm, it's going to be tough. Uh, when did you burn the leaves? This past season?
0: This all, yeah, this whole fall. Once every week. I'm, yeah. Up with, I've been burning them. so the, i got to patch it probably 20 by 30 maybe.
1: Yeah. The problem is, is that burning leaves l- makes the soil more alkaline, and meaning the pH is pretty high. And grass likes to be a pH of around 6 or so, 6 or 6.5, Now I bet the soil underneath this burn pile has a pH of around 8 or 8.5, way beyond what grass would like. So if you plant grass there, it's going to be really yellow because when it has a high pH growing in the soil, when the soil is real alkaline, the grass can't take up the, ni- the nitrogen that it needs. So what do we do to get the alkalinity down? What you ought to do, I think what you ought to do, Clay, is you ought to do a soil test of just the soil underneath that burn pile where the ashes were. Take 10 samples of soil about four inches deep out of the ground, put them all in a bucket, stir it up real good, and bring, bring a half a pint to the local extension office. You're in Auburn, which is in what county? Barrow County? Yes, Barrow County. Okay. Call the Barrow County Extension Office and get some details about what time they want to have the soil brought in, and they will tell you what to do. But uh, it costs about 7 or $8, I guess, but it'll tell you exactly what the pH, what the alkalinity level of the soil is, and it'll tell you about how much sulfur to put down to counteract the alkalinity. And that's what you'll need to do is to counteract the alkalinity to get the pH down to around 6 where the grass will be happy there. So soil test. That's what I think you need to do Because I can't tell you exactly how much sulfur you'll need It may be a pound, it may be two pounds And sulfur is one of those chemicals that you put in the soil That a little goes a long way And so I'm real hesitant to say how much that I think you should put down Because I know you can put down too much And then the grass won't grow again Because the soil is too acid Because <laughs> there's much sulfur in there So it wouldn't serve you very well, Clay
0: Now what about the clover that's in the backyard? What's yeah. the best way to get rid of that?
1: You know, there are two or three brand-name products that on the label it says clover, oxalis, and what's the other thing? Dandelion killer, something like that. No, it's chickweed, clover, and oxalis killer. That's what it is. It usually has a purple label on it. The ortho product has a purple label on it. The bonide product has a purple label on it. And it says chickweed, clover, oxalis killer. And it is a particular mixture of chemicals that just seems to do well on those particular weeds. So look at the garden center for Chickweed, Clover, and Oxalis Killer.
0: It's the two. What's the two brands that kill the stuff?
1: Uh, the, either the uh, Ortho, Ortho, or Bonide.
0: No, I'm talking about the the base product, isn't it?
1: The uh, uh, you know two,
0: Roundup's one, and yeah. the, and that you were just talking about the other one. Right? Yeah,
1: in in, the in these two products, it won't be Roundup because this is a selective herbicide. and Roundup kills everything, of course, but uh, it'll probably be two, four D, and dicamba.
0: Yeah, that's what I meant. Two, four D. Yeah.
1: Okay. i will right. take care of it. All right. Right. Clay, have fun with it and kill those, kill those weeds. And next time, yeah, be a little more careful about burning gr- weeds out there in one place. We're burning the leaves in one place, makes the soil really, really funky underneath that area. It's 658 at News Talk WSB. A reminder tomorrow, Sunday, get your Atlanta Journal Constitution, Sunday edition. They got huge numbers of articles in there local, regional, national news, $728 worth of coupons. It only costs a couple of bucks for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I will get mine delivered to my door tomorrow. I'll pick it up and go inside and make my breakfast and read the paper. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is a great source of regional, national, and local news and a great source of investigative journalism, too. It's one of the things that they sort of pivoted about three years ago so that when you read the paper, there's many times an investigation of things that are really important. They've gotten huge awards for their investigative journalism. It's one of the reasons I read the paper now, because they do some great investigations. Also, one of the things you can sign up for on my website, WalterReeves.com, is the newsletter. Dave Baker's in here just a minute ago. We're talking about his newsletter and my newsletter. Mine comes out every other Thursday. And it always has pictures of weird, interesting things you see in the garden that people have sent to me and say, what is this? Why is this? What's this other thing? I've got one coming out next week, my Thursday edition will come out next week, and I will have a picture of a cane made of some material, and I'm just going to post it and say, what in the heck is this cane made out of? It looks like small discs separated with uh, pieces of leather on this long 38-inch cane, but I cannot figure for the life of me what the material is between the discs on there, and we'll let you... Solve that brain puzzle next week if you sign up for the newsletter. Again, that's at Walterreeves.com. Up at the upper right hand corner it says subscribe to the newsletter. You give us your zip code and give us your email address to send it. And we send it to you every other Thursday. It's 659 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after news.